morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Andrew, also known as the Cashflow King, is joining us. And today, it's just going to be me, guys. So I'm the third one on this introduction. I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how the NASDAQ is getting ready to launch custody services this July as a new ad in New York City is congratulating Ripple on their Medico acquisition. Brad Garlinghouse liked a tweet over the weekend stating this thing is over in reference to the Ripple versus SEC lawsuit, as Visa and MasterCard are working together with the Central Bank of Brazil in launching a central bank digital currency by the end of 2023. And with a new Forbes article explaining how thousands of crypto investigations are underway today, we break down the details, showing our community how the regulation of crypto exchanges will lead to the bull run of a lifetime. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, I can see you're at the lake house this morning. So congratulations. It is finally the summer of 2023. But before we get into it, how you feeling, my friend? Thank you for being here. Abs, I'm feeling great. The sun is out. The sleeves are gone. It's a beautiful thing. Great to see you guys, too, as well. Always what a great holiday weekend. Happy Memorial Day weekend to everybody out there, to all the warriors uh, and soldiers who have served us so we can have our freedom. Thank you very much for your sacrifice. Uh, but I'm happy to get excited into it. Abs. we got a lot of great news today, so uh, let's hop into it. A lot of great news, and happy Memorial Day to all of our veterans out there. And Andrew Cashflow, I know there's another holiday in the Netherlands this week. So first of all, how are you feeling? And thank you for being here. Yeah, very, uh, very good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you, wherever you are in the world. Um, yeah, we we we, uh, we have another Memorial Day. It is uh, with Monday or Pentecost, uh, and that's the the descent. You know, it's a Christian holiday, so it's not only in the Netherlands, but it's the descent of the Holy Spirit to the apostles of Jesus, and it's fifty days after Easter, after the resurrection of uh, Jesus. You know, and uh, in the Netherlands they decided that's a public holiday, so. I'm enjoying it, and I'm enjoying a, a very fresh new show. Very exciting, Andrew. And we're going to get this show started the same way we always do by showing you my Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. We're at 4,255 followers. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is in neutral this morning, sitting at a 52. And when we look at some of the daily movers, it is green across the board. Hex is up about 20%. PLS up about 13. When we check out the total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at 1.15 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 46% dominance. Ethereum is about 20%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 27,600. Ethereum, 1,900. XRP is 48 cents. Cardano is 37. Litecoin is 91. Stellar is about 9 cents. And we'll scroll down to Quant Network sitting at 108 this morning. And Johnny Crypto, the big story this weekend was not the Bitcoin price chart, but instead Brad Garlinghouse liking an acquisition tweet where the NASDAQ was promoting Ripple, congratulating them on their quarter billion dollar acquisition of the Medico custody company. So we're going to be talking about that later in the episode. But before we do, what are some of the projects you're watching and how do you feel about Bitcoin looking very bullish into the uh, into this summer? Yeah, it's very interesting. Typically, we got to sell a name, go away kind of a thing. Uh, however, uh, now that we've got the debt ceiling agreement on abs, that is going to result in possibly a little bit of printing or we'll have to see what the impact of that is and how that kind of affects 
crypto moving into it. But the real big news that you've been hearing about is whether or not Asia and China is going to unban crypto. If you start to see some of that coming off, I think a lot of excitement that you've seen maybe in Bitcoin has been because there's some thoughts out there now that, that the Chinese may pull back on that, on the on the foot. on you know They're putting a lot of pressure on the pedal for the for the ban of crypto. So if that changes abs, we may see a flood of money coming into into Bitcoin. And how ironic would it be that it's all starting to happen right before the year where we roll into the halving? Very interesting. And Andrew, Johnny brought it up himself. This week, we are seeing Asian countries around the world start adopting digital assets. And the biggest one is out of Hong Kong as Chinese financial health care and energy firms enable CBDC payments. And Andrew, this is the start of a much bigger movement here. Chinese healthcare and energy sector providers will allow patents and customers to pay with the digital wand in new breakthroughs for their national central bank digital currency. Both outpatients and hospitalized uh, mental health care patients can now use their CBDC to pay for medical treatment. Deposits, medication, and hospitalization fees will be paid via the CBDC app. And Andrew, this is a start of something much, much bigger. I'd love to address this at the start of the show. How do you feel about a CBDC adoption article out of China? You know, uh, I'm, I'm in doubt. Should I be happy or should I be sad? I mean, we all know what can happen with, with the CDBCs. However, you say in or in the article shows, it says it allows to pay. I think very shortly after this, it will say you must pay with CDBCs and we will, we will take control about you. So, you know, it's inevitable. However, it also uh, 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 yeah, uh, helps with the support and, and, and the adoption of uh, and the acceptance of, of cryptocurrencies because people start more understanding about uh, cryptocurrencies. Unfortunately, yeah, the, the C of the CDBCs, the C stands for central, which I'm not a fan of, but yeah, you know, it's inev inevitable and it's, uh, yeah, it, it helps, it helps the adoption. So uh, let's see what happens and uh, uh, let's see if something good come out of it. Johnny, that's a little bit too much to ask for when you're talking about a Chinese central bank digital currency. But we got 151 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for being here on Memorial Day. Johnny, one last comment here before we get into our Ripple content. They added that the digital wand payments were faster and more efficient than traditional cash. And that's why they were incentivized to use this new currency. So do you believe them? Is this actually just an improvement? Or what are some of the benefits to China adopting this tech? Well, I mean... <laughs> It depends on what position, who, who, you're, who you're talking from. From the government's perspective, I think you know all the benefits. We talk about them over and over again. From the consumer side of it, as we try to look at why this would make sense for a consumer, I think one of the things we, we kind of talked about here is, you know, the ability to get your money quickly. You might not have to wait till Friday to get payday. You can get paid literally hourly or daily if they start implementing systems like that. Obviously, they're going to say there's stability with a system like this. So I think from that perspective... Uh, you'll you'll see those kind of benefits. But it's really what Andrew said. This is really bringing people over into the next, uh, what's the word? The next new quantum, you know, next new banking system or monetary system that's coming. And so for over, you know, abs, it's phases. First, you start out with gold and silver, and that kind of was there for thousands of years. Then we switched, switched to a paper fiat system, what? Maybe I think it was 400 years ago, 500 years, somewhere in that time frame. And so we've gone from, think about this, Ed. We've gone from physical metal, gold, metal, gold and silver, to paper, to soon digital. 
I mean, and that's been a four or five thousand year transition with the majority being gold and silver. And hence, that's why I always still believe in gold and silver, no matter what system we ever place. But that's what's happening. And Johnny, while we're seeing adoption in China and Japan, it seems like the lawsuits against cryptocurrency in the United States are only beginning. And a new document out of Forbes says that Chain Analysis, the CEO, says thousands of crypto investigations are currently underway in the U.S. And we're about to show you guys a brand new video out of XRP Las Vegas. This is the CRO of Uphold explaining how their company chooses what tokens they list on the exchange and why they decided to keep XRP listed. How do you decide Uphold what tokens to list? Is there sort of like a checklist you follow? Yeah, so we have a listing committee. Um, we're obviously highly regulated, and so we take compliance very seriously. Um, we have a listing committee that will review the tokens. It's everything from is it you know, is, is it uh, check all the boxes for security, not a security in our definition? Does it, has it been audited? What do the founders look like? You know, where are the tokens going? How much does a team hold? And so we take probably about 30% to 40% of the tokens that come to us. Roughly 70% of the tokens that want to be listed don't hit all of the legitimate criteria we look for. And so when we find something like Solo, then once it's listed, then we'll start working with the team and we will start promoting it to our users. And our users are high into, you know, enterprise-based tokens, obviously XRP and all the community around that. And so it's really nice when we can find a token that meets all those great criteria and then we can list it. So considering the scrutiny you're under, you know, Uphold is one of the few places that do not delist XRP. So, Johnny, we're about to get into the second half of that video, which is them discussing why Uphold decided not to delist XRP. But there was a couple of quotes that really stuck out to me. And they said, Uphold has a definition of what they consider to be a security, and they apply it to every project that applies to be on their platform. So I thought that was interesting. What stuck out most to you? Well, what stuck out most to me is they were the only one that had balls in this whole thing. If you think about all the other exchanges folded like $2 bills, Kraken, and Kraken held out the longest. But they folded, and Coinbase, I think, folded first, and everybody just started folding, right? But kudos to Uphold, man. They stuck by their guns. They had an internal policy and procedure. They felt it was legit. The criteria they felt was strong, and they went and, and stuck to what they believed was right. And, again, that to me, you know, it's it, it, to me that, that says a lot about their integrity and about who they are and what they believe in. Kudos to them and good for them. And I'll tell you what. They probably got a ton of new customers, you know, back in 2021 that they would have never gotten abs if it wasn't for that decision. Because think about it. In the U.S., the only place you could have legitimately bought Uphold, I mean, people bought on BitTrue and KuCoin, but the real, true, legitimate place that you could have bought it, you know, go through the whole KYC process at the time in the U.S. was Uphold. And, and they, because they stuck out, they earned all those new customers. Kudos to them. And, man, they haven't folded. They've stuck through this whole thing and said, no, we're not back down. And that goes to show you Kraken and Coinbase probably could have done the same thing, but they just didn't have the, the wherewithal to do it. Yeah, but, but still, guys, still, I think, what do they know? But what, what, what is their definition about the security and not the security? Uh, do they have a secret line with, uh, with Gary Gensler so that they can avoid uh, uh, lawsuits and that kind of stuff? Uh I, 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 I don't believe it. And what I, what I think what that lady is telling here is just a, a social accepted story. And, you know, the, the, the CRO, if you know what the CRO is, it's this chief revenue officer. They just calculate the risks and see, okay, what can we, what can we provide to the public, what not? Uh, 
I'm not so sure what's happening here and if and who is telling the truth. And hopefully we can find out over the next couple of months because the William Hinman emails are set to be released on June 13th. But guys, this was the big news out of Ripple yesterday as Medico, the company that was just acquired by Ripple for $250 million, put out a tweet over the weekend with this image right here. On the image, it is showing a New York advertisement, I believe in Times Square, where it said NASDAQ congratulates Ripple on their acquisition of Medico. And it's a massive Ripple symbol followed by a NASDAQ symbol underneath. Now, why is this article so relevant? Because the digital asset investor retweeted this image yesterday and said, dimes to donuts, this thing is over. And he's obviously referring to the Ripple versus SEC lawsuit. Well, Johnny, Brad Garlinghouse not only liked this tweet, but it's his most recent tweet that he liked over the weekend. And why do I think this is so relevant? When we were at XRP Las Vegas, Brad Garlinghouse said something very important and almost every channel on YouTube played it. In the end, we will win. Now we're getting more validation of that here. So I'd love to hear what's your opinion on not only NASDAQ promoting Ripple, but Medico tweeting the image and Garlinghouse liking the tweet. Can anybody smell an IPO? Yeah, is it just me or anybody else smell IPO coming soon? Uh, there's no doubt that Ripple wanted to launch an IPO before the whole lawsuit. They were thinking about it in the 2021 20, frame, And then obviously the lawsuit kind of put a hamper on that or dampened that thing out. But I think that once we get the, the, the monkey off of Ripple's back and as we move into this next current bull run, there's, there's almost no doubt in my mind that you're going to see Ripple going public apps. There's no question about it. I think we're we're heading that way. They just just the lawsuit has to come to an end. And then Brad will wait for the right opportunity, just like Coinbase did in the heart of the bull run. Why do you do that? Well, because you need liquidity. You want money. You want excitement. You want speculation. You get all of that during a bull run and look at that right there. They're just, they're just getting started here. I think you're going to see ripple go public in 2024. Andrew, we got 190 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. And when you talk about this photo, everyone is debating whether this is a real image. And as far as I can tell, this is a real image out of Medico. And the reason I think this is so important, Andrew, because NASDAQ put out an article, I believe it was one month ago that said by the end of July, they're going to be launching crypto custody services in america so my biggest question here is medico is obviously a competing crypto custody company but they partner with ripple so it's interesting here why are they congratulating a competitor while simultaneously congratulating ripple mm. what, what i take take from here is the the importance of custody because still we see a lot of people have fear about uh, hosting or, or self-custody of their cryptocurrencies so, and if a company like, like Ripple is able to, to at least acquire a company that is, uh, yeah, that has one of its uh, uh, positive points is the, the, the de depositing and holding the cryptocurrencies, I think it's essential in this world. And I also see, for example, a company like, like Coinbase. Coinbase will be a bank in the future. And, and they are already, of course, partnering with, uh, with JP Morgan, but... What is the most important currently and, and the threat of the traditional finance and, and, and the, de uh, the decentralized finance is custody cryptocurrencies and make, and make it easy to do it. And, and that's also in combination with Ripple because Ripple also should yeah, provide services yeah, with, with custody of, of several cryptocurrencies, C CDBCs. And so if you can buy a lot of understanding and, and knowledge about custody, yeah, it's an excellent move. Yeah. 
And Johnny, I think the reason that the NASDAQ was congratulating Ripple here is because they're known for listing technology companies. Obviously, if Ripple was going to be IPO in the United States, they're going to do it on the NASDAQ. And that's why this latest article is highlighting exactly that. Ripple CEO's recent actions sparked speculation about an IPO among crypto enthusiasts. And of course, we're talking about the NASDAQ custodying crypto assets. But why would anybody do it in the United States when you can do it overseas and not be sued by the SEC, Johnny? So I'd love to hear what stuck out most to you. Well, when you're in a NASDAQ, it's a different story. Those guys already have, you know, if those guys are doing it, they already got all the permissions they need. But Abs, I think it's so important to answer a couple of these questions. You know, I, you know, I love the audience here and I think we're here for them. Uh, so a couple of things. First of all, no, you can't send me money and I can't, can't buy Ripple shares for the However, you should join the 3T Academy in the Academy and Abs, we can put the link below or there is a link below. There will be a program where if you're not an accredited investor, you can actually invest into uh, an IPO through Link2 through the Academy. So join the Academy within there. I know Jeremy's working on a program where you can achieve exactly what this question is happening. So that's number one. The Academy's always got your back and looking to help you do that. And number two, will the Ripple stock or XRP be worth more? Guys, you have to understand. We talk about this all the time. Ripple, the stock is one thing. XRP, the coin, is another. They're completely different. And just because Ripple gets listed on, on the NASDAQ as, as an IPO, their stock price will go up most likely, but not necessarily XRP, the coin. That is a completely different thing, and that's going to be driven more by demand and adoption of that technology. They're two different things. Don't get them confused. They're separate. Don't assume just because one is going up, the other isn't. No, they're two different investments. So I hope that helps clarify uh, the answer, Mr. Ray. Johnny, another follow-up. Oh, go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, and, and, and at least I, I hope that, that in Brazil, when they when they will create the CDBC, that uh, XRP will play a role in that in that game. But who knows? You know, in in Japan they do at least for in interbank tra transfers in Japan they, they they use XRP. So I hope to see as much as possible use cases for XRP, and that will drive the price of XRP up. And when we listen to John Deaton talk, Johnny, one of the things he says is that American adoption is going to be the catalyst for XRP because American adoption is the catalyst for all technology going forward. When we look at how uh, money is going to be transferred, I tried to transfer $1,300 this week to a bank that I live in Florida. My bank is in Boston and I'm transferring to a company that's in a third state. They didn't allow me to send my money for nearly four days. I had to speak with several officials at the bank, had to go through several leaps and hurdles. But one of the things that I've noticed is that on-demand liquidity is becoming more important by the day. And that's exactly what Ripple has been built for, Johnny. So I want to show our listeners this XRP price chart. And last week, we highlighted how the XRP's monthly chart was looking better than ever. Well, what do we have here? The daily chart is looking extremely optimistic. And Jack the Rippler tweeted out that our next stop is 53 cents, then 74 cents. Once we break that, could easily see $5 after the lawsuit. And the reason I believe is two catalysts, Johnny. One, massive listing from exchanges. Two, XRP could be the only token that has some sort of a regulatory framework. And number three, once they're not sued by the SEC, the banks will know they can use this new technology. So any brief comments there? No, you're spot on, Abs. All three of those things are certainly things to plan. The only thing that has me a little more hesitant is the fact that it's happening outside of a bull run. And the reason why I don't think we'll see as high as we would see if it happened during a bull run is during a bull run, there's more liquidity, there's more money, there's more excitement, there's more speculation happening all at that time, which is not going to be there. So you'll get 
you know, probably regular momentum, but you won't get that super hyper bullish momentum that you typically get during a bull run that takes you even higher. And that's why I'm not so sure we'll see five or ten dollars, you know, right at the end of this thing. Maybe we see a dollar or two. Again, I don't know. We're going to find out. I listen. I hope I'm wrong. Maybe I am. We're going to find out. I'm not perfect. I'm not right all the time. And so I hope I'm wrong, and I hope we see. I was watching a BitBoy video this weekend, and he was talking about he believes, and not after this event, but soon thereafter or within the next few years, that we could see a trillion-dollar market cap XRP, and that would actually put the price at $19.50. So who knows? You know, We'll have to wait and see. Johnny, and I want to get one more brief comment here. We're looking at the XRP price chart, and what we can remember is that before the SEC sued Ripple, the po- the coin was already moving. The project was one of the first movers during the bull run, going from about $0.17 cents all the way to $0.70. Cents. Once the SEC lawsuit came in, we dropped back below those original ranges, testing that $0.17 cent range. But after that touch on the bottom candle, we went from $0.17 cents to $1.90, and that only took – about 60 days, as you can see here. So whenever this token moves, it moves higher than people anticipate. But when it goes down, those bear markets last longer than people anticipate. And there was a follow-up question I had, but I think it's better to go into this article. As Visa and Microsoft joined Central Bank Digital Currency Pilot for Brazil, working with their central bank, both national and global companies will participate in the upcoming Central Bank Digital Currency Pilot out of Brazil. They will begin using participants to the digital real platform around the middle of June 2023. Now, I also want to connect this to an article we saw out of China last week. China announced that on June 1st of 2023, Hong Kong is going to be able to adopt uh, digital assets in their institutions. So it's interesting. We're seeing a global narrative here. It's not just within borders. More than 100 institutions applied to be part of this pilot, but the final number of participants was only 14. However, some represent groups of companies, like, for example, Microsoft is in this group where I believe there's six companies here and they're only considering it as one of the 14 participants. Other key participants in this survey were Visa and Santander. And their only use case here is to deliver a versatile payment protocol for federal public security. So Johnny, the number one question people in our community were asking is, is Ripple connected to this in any way? Yes, they are. Ripple's connected through a third party called NewBank that is also participating in the central bank digital currency pilot. And when we talk about use cases for crypto, this seems to be the number one use case. On-demand liquidity has taken center stage. So, Andrew, I'd love to start with you and then kick it to Johnny. How do you feel about NewBank participating in this? <laughs> yeah, not only NewBank. I think it's, it's, it's an excellent initiative what's happening there and even more um, I mean, Brazil is also part of the of the BRICS countries. So it's also interesting to see what will come out of that. How will they integrate uh, the, their CDBC in combination with, with, with the new BRICS currency that they will do with, with, uh, with, with India, China, South Africa? Uh, so I think it's a very interesting uh, development. What is wondering me actually is why isn't Ripple just mentioned separately as, 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 as a partner and, and only Newbank because you know apps that Newbank is partnering with Ripple. So how much is Ripple really involved in this, this part? So we need to see, but it is certainly a very interesting development. Johnny, I'd love to get some thoughts from you as well. And we've seen Binance and MasterCard team up in Brazil because of the friendly crypto policy they have in that country. So to see them using a CBDC here first, really not a surprise at all. I'd love to get some thoughts from you. No surprise whatsoever. This is the beginning of the end for the, you know, as I've been saying for a while, the dollar as we're 
shifting away from it. So you're seeing uh, certain nations come together to make that happen, Abs. And we're just going to continue to see more and more of this shift into that world. Uh, the, the WEF and the Guard has been saying that for a while now that we're going to see that that change and that shift over. And you're already seeing it in China as well, right? So to me, it's just going to be a matter of when do you see the adoption happen here in the U.S. And I would imagine the U.S. will probably be a little closer to the back end of that thing as it happens. And then the real question that everybody's asking is, you know, will XRP be the rails of the system? That, my friends, is the $64,000 question. And Johnny, I'd love to play a follow-up video here. This is the backed CEO who's publicly endorsed Bitcoin and Ethereum, explaining why he kept XRP off their exchange and also explains why he's not going to relist XRP regardless of what happens in the lawsuit. Can I ask about one digital currency in particular, which is XRP created by Ripple? Obviously, it's under some pressure right now from regulators. Coinbase has dropped it from its exchange. Does back currently support trading? Of it's not on our platform, no. Because of the controversies or for some other reason? It's just not on our platform. But there must be a reason. It's the third largest market cap cryptocurrency in the world. We entered the crypto space through Bitcoin, and that was the first currency we've made available. We have others that are scheduled to come on board as part of the product development, but um, XRP is not, not available. Is XRP one of those that are scheduled to come on at some point? Is it on the roadmap? No, it's not coming on at all. Can I ask about one digital currency? And Johnny, although XRP. he didn't explain it very well, he gave you a brief overview as to why he's anti-XRP and pro-Bitcoin and Ethereum. He's an advocate of, quote unquote, decentralization as long as he can profit off of that, right? So I just wanted to say that before I kick it to you. How do you feel about the back CEO publicly explaining they're not going to relist XRP even if they get clarity in the U.S.? Stupid on his part, in my mind. It's you know that it sounds like he's almost a Bitcoin maximalist some, at some point there, Abs. But the reality is, why would you not list something if the people want it? If you're in, a, are they an exchange? What was the name of that company again? Yeah, backed. They are an exchange. I mean, hello, you're an exchange, and, and you, so so obviously they've got some axe to grind with Ripple. I mean, with XRP, not Ripple. Sorry, and that's fine. It's his loss at the end of the day. I mean, think about it. If he doesn't want that volume, it's gonna go someplace else. So. That's just the reality of it, and there ain't no way to stop it. I think it's foolish and short-sighted and, you know, on their part, but if they don't want to do it, it's their purview. They could do whatever they want. I, I, I suspect, though, Abs, after it does get public and it's out there a year or two, let's go check their website and see if they actually list it. Something It won't surprise me if we see the third largest, and by that point, it could be the second largest market cap crypto out there on their exchange. Johnny, I got to get a follow-up in here. John Deaton tweeted over the weekend that he believes FOMO isn't going to kick in on XRP until well over $2. So what do you think about those claims out of John Deaton? I, you know, again, I 100% agree, and I see people bashing me in the chat here. It's like, oh, Johnny's prediction are always late. Johnny's too under. I just don't think we're going to see a big bump in in the in the XRP price after this lawsuit because when before the lawsuit, we were at $0.70. Cents. And, you know, will we get to a dollar to maybe a dollar fifty? Yeah, I think somewhere possibly. I think that might, you know, somewhere in that range we may see again. But to see, like everybody's projecting, you know, five to ten dollars or twenty dollars. I don't I don't see that happening now. But there are certain trigger points when you get over a certain price that, yes, you will see a bunch of money flooding in. And two dollars is certainly one of them. And again, you know. You know, let's 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 remember Deaton is yeah, as Mentlex says Deaton's a lawyer, not a finance guy. Um, but again, I personally don't think we're gonna see a big 
bump in XRP until we get into that, that next leg of the bull run. For me, all I want to see, Abs, I've been very consistent with it. I just want the monkey off of XRP's back before the next bull run. Because once that happens, we'll get to see something we didn't get to see in the prior bull run. We didn't get to see XRP run because of that monkey on its back. In this next bull run, I want to see how far it can go. We saw about two bucks with the monkey on its back. I think we can see it much higher, maybe somewhere in the 10 to 12 range without the monkey on its back, but not until we're in the heart of the bull run. Yeah, you know, it will be driven by two factors, I think. Institutional adoption will drive the price and social sentiment. And and institutional adoption will bring, I think, the price to at least $2. And then an enormous amount of social sentiment will kick in. You know, and then I think we are more or less at the bottom. And then it goes up and up and up. No one knows where, but have your exit plan ready. And I, I see, I don't see on your background the, the, the Merlin uh, stuff, but I see it at apps. So make sure you know where to get out. Make your plan uh, before you want to get out, before you see the price increase, because else your mind will say to yourself, uh, don't sell, don't sell, because it's going more up, up, up. And maybe if it is 10 or $15, I don't know in the future, still your mind will say, don't sell. And you should already have taken profits because we have seen what happened in the past. After $2, it can also drop with 80 or 90%, and then it goes up again. So play the, the volatility of, of a token, play the game, and that's what we teach in the 3T Academy. So... Uh, Exactly. And another thing I'd like to point out about the XRP price chart is that before the lawsuit was filed by the SEC, we reached that 70 cent range. And the reason I think that's so important, Johnny, because if you add the 70 cent price to the top of what we anticipated here, about $1.90, it takes you into price discovery. So imagine if we break all time high and what could have happened with the Ripple lawsuit is if they weren't sued by the SEC, XRP could have easily broken $3. And then once you get into price discovery, you can draw those Fibonacci lines and whether it's Kevin Cage or digital asset investor, whoever these guys are, they all break it down and they all come to the same conclusion. $8, $12 seems to be the price that they agree on if we were to break an all-time high. So with that being said, Johnny, any closing comments? Yeah, no, I certainly think, again, I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying I'm not sure it's going to happen right at the moment that the that the you know the the outcome comes of this case if, if XRP were to win. I think people are expecting a five, ten, twenty, hundred dollar XRP. I'm personally not expecting that app. But do I think we're gonna get a, a bull run in XRP once the monkey's off its back? Absolutely. But Andrew, thank you for reminding me that today is Merlin Monday and you absolutely should have an exit plan. And apps can actually tell you where to get one. That would be Merlin, my friends. And check out this latest article. As John Deaton said, that Coinbase could ask for the Hinman emails as well if Ripple agrees not to make them public. I don't think that Coinbase would ever comment or even get close to anything remotely related to Hinman because they were involved in the whole mess themselves. Well, David Schwartz actually commented on this tweet, Johnny, and gave us some good news for XRP holders. He said, I'm not a lawyer, but I think that I don't think that Ripple can agree to not make them public. The judge has ruled that their judicial documents and that no factor outweigh the public's right to have access to the Hinman emails. So that's some really exciting news this morning. How do you feel well, about that? Well, here's the thing on that, though, Abs. I think as of right now, where we are today in the case, uh, where the judge is saying, hey, let's make them public. Yeah, they may go public. But I think the thing is, if between now and the time they go public, let's say a settlement happens. And I'm not an attorney, but this is kind of just stuff I've heard talking 
you know, being part of this thing, is if a settlement were to happen in part of that settlement included Ripple agreeing not to let those things go public, then it is very possible that we may not see them. And 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 then and then, and then of course, you know, can Coinbase ask for them? Yeah, but if Ripple is told, hey, you can't share them, part of the agreement is to avoid that, well, then that 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 could stop it from happening. So it's not until they're actually out in the public. Don't assume we're going to get them until we actually get them because anything can happen between now and then. Andrew, I'd like to get some comments from you as well. And I think what David was trying to explain is that even in settlement negotiations, the Hinman emails are not allowed to be disputed. They are going to be released to the public. And I just want to remind everybody they're set to be released on June 13th. So very exciting. What sticks out to you, Andrew? Yeah, at least I, I like openness and, 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 I would like to have those uh, those Hinman emails uh, made public, just also to be a lesson for other uh, uh, companies. And what we see more and more, and what we need is go to decentralization, openness, visibility on blockchains. You know, that's what that, that what that's what people on this planet deserve. And the planet should not be ruled by some institutions and 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 and, and, and uh, governmental organizations just a couple of people you know but <laughs> maybe it's a popular word power to the people but at least we we are ready for a different form of de democracy and i think technology will help us to reach that point so openness about the stuff and let people think first if they say something what they say and and, and go from there so so that's my uh, that's my take on this and here's a quote from Hester Pierce that I think plays perfectly into that, Andrew. She said, the core point here is not to make sure that the regulator is making decisions for the people. The regulator should be serving the people. And so as things change, you might decide that that needs to look a little bit different. New technology for brings use new tools as regulators. So I think there is a typo in that quote there. But what he's trying to say is Hester Pierce is highlighting herself. When new technology comes in, new regulatory frameworks are going to be produced we're seeing that take place right now. And Johnny, I'd love to connect it to this article that we didn't get a chance to talk about. The chain analysis CEO says thousands of crypto investigations are currently underway. And I want to connect this to what Gary Gensler said about going after crypto exchanges. Chain analysis is known for tracking down cybercrime. So of course, the CEO is going to say thousands of investigations are underway. They're incentivized to go after criminals. But what I do want to point out is that all of these investigations are taking place within the United States. And I think it's fair to say this is how they're going to regulate crypto, Johnny. They're going to go after exchanges, decide what exchanges are currently selling securities, and then inherently, that's how they're going to regulate individual cryptocurrency projects. So how do you feel about this news? Hester Pierce quote connected to the chain analysis CEO. Yeah, no, I agree with you. This is a little misleading because the SEC, at least from my understanding, they don't have the resources to go after every single one of those exchange, uh, uh, crypt individual cryptos. So what they'll do is exactly what you said. They'll go through it and get them in one central location where you can kind of choke them all out. And what's the best place to do that? We all know. It's an exchange, right? And you saw that happening. They're going after the exchanges. They're going at the on and off ramps. That's the best place to kind of choke them all out. And so I think that's what that's really what I think they're trying to say here. Is there's going to be an all-out war on it. And we're living it. We're seeing it right now as we speak. Isn't it weird that that U.S. tries to regulate stuff with lawyers and 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 and, and lawsuits? Uh, look, look, look at Europe. They just they just sit together. They try to build a framework. 
is it is it correct? Is it is it is it nice? I don't know, but at least there is something. There is a starting point, and from there we can build step by step by step. It's not built by lawyers. It's just yeah, it's built by go, uh, governmental organizations and 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 and, and European Commission, and you know it's all involved there. Um, uh, you know. You should look forward and not backward of what did people wrong and just to protect what, what people do wrong. Even if you look at China, China is is built on engineering. Yeah, they are going and to, to adopt technology. Maybe not so much the, 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 the cryptocurrencies, but but they're also working on that. But you know, as a European guy, I always feel a little bit weird that everything in the US should be regulated by lawyers or, or starting with lawsuits and i'll sue you you know we all see it in the movies i think andrew you you know you touch on something that's so important is you're looking at the difference between when a project and when something is blessed by the top versus when something's being attacked by the top and so in a scenario that you're describing in europe they're all for this particular project and technology and you're seeing people come together to develop and launch it because they're all on the common, they all have a common goal. Whereas here in the U S we know the goal right now is not necessarily to uh, promote adoption yet at this point, it's just some other agenda. And I think once that gets through it, but you're literally describing the difference. So when the goal isn't to go for it, what do you do? You sick the lawyers on it. I mean, it just makes sense. And, and that's what we're seeing. You're spot yeah. on. You know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, I will see it happening. And in the end, who wins? Decentralization and crypto wins, I'm sure. With that being said, guys, this is a video out of Brad Garlinghouse from this March explaining what he's anticipating after the lawsuit ends, but also explaining when this lawsuit will end. So it's been about almost two and a half years since that litigation began. Uh, we have tried to move forward as quickly as we possibly could. Uh, the the litigation is fully briefed in front of the federal court, and we do expect a decision certainly in 2023. The question is the first half. The nature of that is the judge, we, we don't get to control that. I think it's clear that the judge involved here is aware of how seminal this issue is and how important this case is so on one hand i think that's good because it's getting attention on the other hand we want it to be thoughtful and to get it right so if that takes time that's okay well you allude to the fact that the implications of this go well beyond ripple it could have implications for the industry as a whole what conversations are you having with your fellow industry leaders surrounding this how worried are they about the ultimate decision here so I think people have come to realize that this was not the, the, the case, SEC bringing the case against Ripple was not really just a case about Ripple or about XRP. It's really about the industry and how the SEC is kind of playing offense and attacking the whole industry. Two and a half years ago when this started, I'm not sure everyone fully digested that. And now that is widely understood. This is going to be pivotal for the whole industry because if the SEC is able to prevail, I think there's a lot of other cases, and some of them, just in the last four weeks, I think they brought five additional enforcement cases. The macro headline for me is, this is not a healthy way to regulate an industry. Your regulation through enforcement, as opposed to where we're seeing in other countries, where they're doing the work, right? They're codifying, they're creating a framework that allows an industry to grow while protecting consumers. And I think that's really what the U.S. is lagging. And some of you why I'm here in Washington is to continue to try to evangelize and educate you know, here's how these technologies can really benefit consumers, benefit industry. 
And Johnny, I don't think that Washington's confused about how it can benefit the industry. I think they're confused about how retail investors are going to profit from that innovation. And we got 228 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Today is Merlin Monday. So here we go. The smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. And with the ledger debacle that happened last week, people are looking for a solution like Merlin. You can decentralize your portfolio and track all of your cryptos through our application. And the best part, 30 days absolutely free. So, Johnny, I'd love for you to just comment on this Brad Garlinghouse video. One of the things that stuck out to me here is he said that this case is much bigger than what Ripple is going through. It's going to set precedent for United States regulation as a whole. So I'd love to start there. What's that mean to you? Abs, you nailed it spot on. I mean, you know, this thing has taken two and a half years. It should not take that long for a case to happen unless it's historic, right, or precedent setting, which this one can be. This can literally set the record for the whole entire industry, or it could set the record just for Ripple, depending on how it comes to an end. And that's what we're waiting to see is how this whole thing plays out in the long run. But I think right now, Brad and Ripple, they're fighting for the industry. They spent $200 million dollars. Right now, $200 million abs to fight for the crypto industry. So whether you love or hate Ripple, you got to respect the fact that they decided to be the company, the champion of crypto to sit there and, and, and um, you know, try to bring. What other company could afford that abs? Think about it. And not too many companies, $200 million. That's a lot of freaking cha-ching, let me tell you. So kudos to them for fighting the battle to try to bring this thing to an end. And hopefully we don't get a settlement because we all know what a settlement means. Hopefully you all know if you're paying attention. That does not mean the rest of the industry gets regulated or has a, has some definition. It's just going to mean good news for Ripple. So, yes, in that case, XRP holders will be happy. But we really want to see abs. Personally, if you're a crypto advocate like we are here, we want to see a ruling set some precedent so the whole industry can move forward in the U.S. And Andrew, what other company do you know that's being sued by the SEC and receiving publicity in that same country? So it's very, very interesting that the NASDAQ is promoting Ripple here. But what do you think about that Brad Garlinghouse clip and the fact that Ripple's setting precedent for the entire crypto industry? Yeah, Brad could not be more right. I, I, I just said, I didn't know that you were playing that clip, but you know, I could have said it more right and I agree totally with, with Brad. And, and also I agree with you, uh, Johnny. Uh, we we, sh we we should have a solution here in the U.S., the biggest market, the biggest financial market in the world. We should have a solution, and we should have it quickly, not only to 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 
to make innovation more possible in the US, but, but worldwide, you know, we should start working together worldwide and not, not, uh, yeah, taking US market, European market, Asian market, you know, it should all be li liquid markets, uh, central uh, or uh, uh, cryptocurrencies are the way to do that. So guys, come on, let's work together and let's, let's do it for human being and, and human well-kind. And Johnny, here's a video out of the consensus CEO, Joseph Lubin, criticizing Ripple and then Brad Garlinghouse responding the next day. Massively overvalued. Okay. The Ethereum developer community called Consensus in Brooklyn. Overrated or underrated? Well, some of you were. Joe Lubin was out here yesterday and said Ripple's way overrated. Uh, so I guess, I, I, look, back to the Holy Wars, I want them to be successful. I don't compete with them. Like they're working on, I mean, they have experiments, and I mean experiments going on in lots of verticals. Are they overrated? Uh, no, I'm excited for them. They're underrated. Okay. Uh, very One of these CEOs seems to have an agenda, Johnny, and it's clearly Joseph Lubin putting down his biggest competitors in this market. Obviously, Ethereum was working with JP Morgan, Bank of America, Chase Bank since 2014. What we're seeing in clips like this is how there's a personal agenda when it comes to regulating this market, and we're seeing it in favor of Ethereum. So how do you feel about Brad Garlinghouse's response to Joseph Lubin? Well, first of all, this is why I absolutely, absolutely love Brad Garlinghouse. Right? Brad has a true passion and cares about this industry as a whole. He said it, he's done it, and he's proven it because he's put his money where his mouth is, $200 million worth, right? What, other, what, what have the rest of these guys done, Abs? They just fight each other. They bash. They're like little kids. You know, you know, you know, they don't want to see each other succeed. Here's why they're retarded apps. They don't realize that at the end of the day, by going after Brad or going after another crypto, you're not helping the industry. You're in the infancy of it right now. And for Lubin to come out and, and, and do what he did, like, like, why not take the high road like Brad did? And he literally said, you know, he could have bashed them. He could have been a child. Right. And said, oh, because they called me underrated. I'm going to call them overrated. I'm going to call them overrated. No, instead, he was a man about it. He took the high road. We need more Brad Garlinghouses in this space and less Joe Lubitz. We need people that are going to bring this industry together. And that's what Brad is trying to do. I've been saying on this show, I want to see Binance. I want to see Coinbase. I want to see Ripple come together. You need to balance the scales in the space. You need the big companies to come together. And if they were smart, Brooks, if you're listening, I don't know if you are or not. Pick up the phone, call Brad, and figure out how to come together and figure out how to make this space work for the whole entire crypto industry. You'll do the whole industry a favor. Andrew, I'm going to get some comments from you as well, but I want to read a tweet from Raul Paul. As we are seeing Peter Schiff and Raul Paul both come out and publicly endorse cryptocurrencies, and Peter Schiff has been a huge advocate of gold, but a heavy critic of Bitcoin Earlier this week, he actually came out and said because of the Fed's actions with inflation, he would be willing to purchase Bitcoin on his birthday. So very interesting to see guys like Peter Schiff change their stance on crypto. And here's Raul Paul explaining why. He said, if you weren't buying crypto in June of 2022 till November, you're not going to make it. Watch the video with Kobe. He is spot on. He's been in this space since 2013, and it is ever thus. 
I've never sold since 2020. And I've even, I've never even vaguely tested my entry price. I just added as much that I could afford when the world is puking. Let's see. And what he's actually highlighting here is when the market is boring, that's the best time to accumulate. So to see a former JP Morgan executive come out and say this, very, very exciting. What's it mean to you, Andrew and Johnny? Well, what, what I see happening is here, actually, um, if you can't beat them, join them, you know? And, and, and also, you see with, with, the, with, with the older guys, with the old mindset and with, with the old uh, yeah, IDs, like also, also Warren Buffett, he, he called Bitcoin red poison, you know? And, it, yeah. and it's okay from his perspective. It, it's absolutely okay because this guy knows how to make money in the old world and there is nothing against with it. But, you know, new technology comes and, and, and you, you, yeah, either you say, I don't want to go with, with the new technology or you say, you know what, I will adopt it, see what's happening there and I will, I will get familiarized myself with, with the new uh, uh, technology. And that, that's what, what I like so, so much to... Uh, to when we when we progress here in in the in the evolution and in the developments, um, yeah, it's uh, actually I lost a little bit your question, but I think this is uh, this is how, how I'm in the in the game and uh, you know be open for uh, oh yeah what I wanted to say is don't don't com don't compete each other with the, let's to say yeah this is better or this is this is better what I learned already years ago always go out with um, at a mindset of abundance and tell yourself there is enough there is always enough and there is enough for everybody as long as you have your own goals your own vision and your own uh, 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 way of thinking and 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 you try to to yeah to to listen also to listen to others and understand what's happening you know there is so much possible in this world and uh, that that's more or less a little bit in the direction of the mindset which we also uh, yeah, yeah, teach in the in the academy. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's a fascinating world and it's always a balance between mindset uh, uh, and, 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 yeah, no, we, we all want to make, to, to become rich, but it's not, it's not so easy to do that because it's not overnight and it is doing things, yeah, step after step over and over again. And I know I'm a little bit going off, off the, off the topic, but that, that's what what I like, and that's also what we teach in in the academy. You know, I also I also teach in the academy and in, in uh, the smart investor course. And do you think you will be you will be rich overnight? Absolutely not. But what you do is every day. That's what I teach. Twenty minutes, and you get rich for sure. And that's what I can tell you. So, uh, but uh, but here but here I stop. Uh, okay, uh, apps. Uh, the mic is for you again. Yes, of course. And this is an interesting quote out of Peter Schiff. I think it plays perfectly into what Raul Paul was saying, Johnny. He said, Bitcoin buyers may be wrong about Bitcoin, but they're right about the Fed and inflation. Most investors are oblivious to the financial crisis happening today and the far greater currency and sovereign debt crisis that will ultimately become. It's just too bad hodlers didn't buy gold. Now, obviously, Bitcoin, when you talk to guys like Mark Yusko, is the digital gold. How do you feel about Peter Schiff changing his stance? This is huge. Well, I mean, Peter Schiff is saying here to buy gold, right? What he's saying is to hodlers didn't buy gold. So Peter Schiff's always been a, a gold bug, and he always will be, and he hates crypto too. But I just going back to the prior article you're talking about, you know, the Oracle Omaha always says, buy when there's blood in the streets. Buy when it feels horrible, when you want to puke. Buy other people's fear. That's how these guys got to be billionaires, and that's how you get there. You have to have a strong stomach. 
and be able to buy when everybody else says you're nuts. And abs, right now, we all know this because all our friends think we're nuts that we're even doing this show, that we're buying crypto. They think we're crazy. But someday, they're going to look at us as a holy shit. You guys, you guys were the smart ones. They'll figure that out a few years from now. Absolutely, Johnny. And it reminds me of uh, 2020 before the market pumped. When I first entered this market, everybody said you're insane. Only 12 months later, those same people were asking me about which projects to buy. And guys, we've got 230 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And when we talk about crypto adoption going forward, there's two countries that are clearly in the front. That would be the UAE and China. And we've got a new video out of the UAE this week explaining which crypto companies will survive. It was a little bit crypto's version of the great financial crisis. Um, but it turns out when you don't have the Fed to backstop, it's going to be a lot more violent, right? There's no overnight window in crypto. You can't go put your illiquid assets somewhere and borrow liquid against it. You are totally on your own. And that means that really only the absolutely strongest players survive. So if you look at like the 12 most valuable companies in crypto uh, a year and a half ago. Uh, there's only four of us left. Uh, and so only the absolute strongest survived. But I think for trying to build a system that is native to the internet, that is sort of beyond any one country, that is beyond any one central bank, it's actually really healthy for those firms that are not prepared to be resilient in that fashion to fail. Johnny, I'd love to get some thoughts out of you as well. Sorry about the tech issues there. But what he said in that video was so important because of the 12 biggest companies, only four of them are left after 2022. And obviously we can talk about FTX and, and a couple other collapses. But what he talked about was how this was our great financial crisis for the crypto market. We had several collapses. We basically had resets within the crypto market. Do you agree with his statement that only the big companies are set to survive? Oh, yeah, 100%. No doubt about it. There is no buddy coming to bail anybody out in crypto okay so if you do not invest in the right spots if you're not doing your homework and you're not doing your research you're going to lose your money there's almost no doubt about it most of these things we've been saying on this show abs that the majority of 95 percent of these are going to fail and the reason why we're investing in them is we're investing in a bunch of horses little bets here and there we just want a few horses or one or two horses to win we know most of these horses are going to make it, unfortunately. Um, and, and he's 100, I 100% I agree with him. No question about it. There are only going to be a few that are going to make it. And that's why you have to do your homework. You have to find the ones that solve a real-world utility case that are, that are funded properly, that aren't scams. You know, forget all these mean point stuff. You want to look for things that have long-term sustainability. Else. You know, let, let me say one thing. What is the most important why all those companies went 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 down and went bankrupt? It was greed. All it was greed because they were centralized and they have a bunch of money under their wings and they can do whatever. Actually, the same as what uh, what 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 the banks are doing with fractional reserve banking. Uh, you know, they take your crypto, they lend it out, and they say we're staking it for you. Forget it. So if you want to hold your crypto somewhere, it's always keep it in a decentralized self-custody wallet and go from there. If you want to stake, okay, go from your decentralized wallet. So take your stuff off of centralized entities because not a single 
a, a centralized entity can be trusted nowadays. Actually, it's it for sure it was already for for all hum, humankind. As soon as somebody owns the money, they have the power and they do stuff with you. And now you see what's happening with crypto. So be very careful, but keep one thing in mind. Understand the difference between centralized entities and decentralized entities. And then you understand a lot about the crypto market. And Johnny Crypto, to close out this show, I'd like to have a fun conversation. One of our listeners asked, can 1000 XRP make you rich? And of course, we do not have the answer to that question, but we can have a fun discussion about it. And over the weekend, ChatGPT was asked a very specific question. It said, create a table of the largest companies ranked by their political influence that are threatened by Ripple's business model and payment system. Well, ChatGPT had no problem coming up with this list, creating 10 global companies that are competitors of Ripple. JP Morgan Chase came in at number one. Visa was two. HSBC was number three. And when we scroll down to number nine, that would be the Swift payment system. So, Johnny, thought that was a pretty interesting update. But let's get back to the original question. 1,000 XRP, could that make one of our listeners financially free? Abs, that, no, 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 no. I want to go back to that table. That's why that table is so important. Think about that table. <laughs> now you know what again. There the SEC's coming out. So look at all those monster companies that are actually part of the problem, right? or they're worried about that. Big fear there. Uh, yeah, Johnny. I'd love to get some thoughts from Andrew as well. Andrew, I forget my original question. What was my original question? It was you? whether or not a thousand dollars, thousand XRP, could it make you rich? No. Imagine XRP goes to five eighty nine. You know, imagine so. 1,000 XRP gives you a half a million. So what's your definition of rich? My definition of rich is one step earlier, which means financially free. So build for yourself a system to become financially free. What is financial freedom? That your expenses are lower than your lazy source of income or your other multiple sources of income are, are higher. That's financially free. And for me, that's also a way of to say I'm rich. Can you do that with half a million dollars? don't think so so but is yeah. it a nice start yeah maybe but you know so you need a little bit more uh, xrp yes and what's pretty cool andrew is a lot of our listeners are outside of america and depending on what country you're in thirty thousand dollars could be a lot of money and when we look at xrp price charts like this if you get to 23 dollars and you have a thousand xrp maybe twenty thousand dollars is life-changing if you live in I agree with you. Sorry about that. We have a lot of listeners outside the U.S. and outside the the, the wealth countries. Uh, yeah, then then it could be. But still, if you make so much money, think about what you do with it. Take it out and take it to least, less riskier assets. Like, for example, blue chip stocks. Go to uh, real estate because real estate works everywhere. Protect your money with gold and silver. Uh, maybe you build your own business and go from there. But it's, you know, it's not only the asset crypto, you know, don't make the thinking error. Johnny, really quick comments here. What do you think? 1,000 XRP, is it enough? If you're living in the U.S., absolutely not. I don't think so. I think it's going to take a lot more than that. Maybe more like 10 or 20, you know, maybe 50,000, you know, depending on, again, Andrew said, everybody's definition of rich is different. I think that's what it comes down to. I don't think it's enough. Absolutely, Johnny. And we got 226 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Anybody's wondering what Johnny Crypto's father looks like, you may be getting a sneak peek right now. But we're going to see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, 
Ah, get together, baby. Thanks for joining us. And have a great Memorial Day. Let's go.